0: Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kids sleeping isn't one. Hey guys, <clears throat> well, I've been better. I've been better. Uh, I'm a little sick, so I'm sorry about my voice. But I love you guys. I couldn't, you know, skip this week's episode. I needed to do it anyway. So you just have to power through me sniffling. I hope I don't sneeze like directly into the mic, but it's possible. Um, so today I wanted to talk about timeout. Mm, what a controversial topic! So, as a heads up, as I talk through this, I'm gonna talk a little bit about how this pertains to sleep, which we might be like, "What does timeout have to do with sleep?" But there is are there some tidbits I want to share. But on a on a bigger scale, some of you may I assume most of you are not aware that this summer I completed some postgraduate, excuse me, um, work with our, at Stanford's School of Health in child development, mental health and behavior, Um, because as you can imagine, especially when I'm working with toddlers and little kids, um, their behavior, what they're doing during the day, how they're interacting with their parents, how boundaries are set, all of that stuff is so tightly tied to their sleep, right? To their bedtime routine, to how they're they're feeling about life and how that, you know, how the things that are happening in their day-to-day are manifesting with sleep challenges. So it was really important to me that I... I I'm able to support families the best I can, but that I'm constantly learning and am equipped with the tools and the research to support families through these things. So I am going to be expanding some services more into the parenting space, hopefully very soon. But in the meantime, that's just a little caveat, you know, like why I'm even going out of my main wheelhouse here, if you even care. So let's talk first about like, why do you hear people say that timeout is bad, it's going to hurt your kids, it's horrible? all of that stuff because there are a couple of very popular um parenting accounts on instagram and you know companies and people that i know my clients follow and um, i've been asked about like i've even had a client say things like you know don't tell anyone but we do timeout." or like i know this is probably bad but when she's doing that we give her a timeout," and it makes me feel sad for them and of course i tell them you're not a bad parent stop <laughs> first of all you can tell me anything um but I want to talk about like, okay, where did this idea come from? Because you, timeout, you know, was very widely accepted as an effective tool um, when used properly for parents, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and something changed. So what happened? What do people say is wrong with it? Why is that real? Like what's, you know, what are the arguments here? So what you will hear people typically say is that, you know, if you're giving a timeout, it's creating shame. This is a bid f- for connection from your child and you're, you're going against them, right? You're making them feel bad. It's mean. They're, they're, they feel all alone. They feel like you don't love them, et cetera. Okay. Which frankly, as a parent who loves my kids very much, when you hear stuff like that, it does make you spiral. You're like, really? Like I thought I was helping my kid calm down or correct their behavior. And you're telling me that I'm shaming them and making them feel alone and that they have no connection with me. I mean, that's an awful thing to tell a parent. So where this initially originated from is if you psychologists. I don't even remember exactly when it was, but I want to say like 15 years ago and, and not that long ago. I mean, this was up until very recently considered an appropriate thing to do, um, wrote a study that basically said they had done or they wrote a piece saying, you know, we've done this study and this brain imaging proves that isolation during punishment, so like isolating someone when they're in trouble, fires off these like neurons, you know, and it activates this part of the brain in the same way that it would be activated if a if a child was physically abused. Okay, well, that's messed up. I mean, I, I still don't really know what that means, but like, well, yeah, if, are you basically saying that if I slapped my kid across the face or I put them in time out, it's activating the same part of their brain? That does sound really bad. Okay, here's the problem. The study was done on adults being left out of a social activity. It was actually tracking the feeling of rejection in a social setting as an adult and that 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 feeling activates the same part of the brain that physical pain does it's also the same part of the brain that deals with any type of emotional processing so it is a wild and sort of confusing leap to say we discovered that when adults feel rejected socially it activates the same part of the brain as when they are physically hurt and saying therefore if you give, give kids timeouts, that's the same as physically abusing them. That honestly almost like doesn't make any sense. Um, and if anything, my takeaway from that is if you get left out of your friend's birthday dinner and you feel like shit about it, that's valid. And it does feel the same as it did if you got left out of your friend's birthday dinner when you were in fourth grade. Um, and so, you know, just know that that's normal. I mean, that honestly would be my takeaway. So even more you know crazy than that is later on those same authors said okay they actually did like a kind of a correction on the article and said okay well what we actually meant was that when timeout is used improperly which I'm not even clear what that would be I don't know you're hitting the kid and putting them in timeout you're putting them in timeout for hours and hours if it's used improperly then we think you know it could activate that piece of the brain but if it's done you know if, if it's done in the right way then it's fine. Then, then we actually support timeout. So the people who were saying we don't support it actually came back and said, sorry, that was a little confusing. We meant like if you do it in this bad way, it's bad. But if you do it in a good way, it's fine. Okay, so so basically nothing, okay? So, okay, but then the question becomes, are there studies that support the opposite, that it is okay? Well, there are. So there were actual randomized tri- trials, excuse me, with children, right, that showed that the proper use of timeout, which, you know, to me, proper use, we're not like yanking them by the arm and dragging them and screaming in their face as they have to sit in their room or something, right? That would not be a proper use. Um, Actually was effective in decreasing arguments and fights among siblings, um, aggressive behavior, and frankly, your kids ignoring you, right? If you're effectively using timeout, your kids are less likely to be like, yeah, whatever, lady, you say that all the time and you never follow through. So I don't give an F, right? there also have been studies that showed there was no difference in how kids behaved later on like when they were older both at school with their peers with their parents there was no change in kind of how they handled life as like a teen or a tween whether or not they were given time out as a kid so there's no impact and then when they've done studies actually so this was this was a separate one um, that they did and and this study I I learned about this um, from this account helping families thrive—they're uh, incredible. If you're looking for a parenting account to follow, don't follow the ones that you know I'm thinking about. Follow Helping Families Thrive. They're not—they don't have a lot of like cheesy reels and pointing and like you got this, mama. They don't do those things. They just give really good information that's actually actionable. So little—that's a little, that's a, little uh, a little pitch for them here. Um, but one of the things I, w- I was reading um, the studies that they and to be clear, when I hear these things from now, I go and read the studies myself. So I'm not regurgitating information that somebody else told me on Instagram. I am looking at what actual psychologists and researchers are saying, and then going to the studies to confirm they, you know, that, that the information they're they're saying is is what the study does show. So in this case, it was that um, children who were a part who had already had behavior problems, right, whatever that meant going into like a program that's going to give parents different tools to use to help the kids with their behavior issues, the ones who included timeout in the program fared much better than the ones outside of the program. And it was even more pronounced when those kids had experienced trauma. So that's really important because then you hear these things like, well, yeah, maybe timeout works for like this kind of kid, but if your kid has ever had a bad experience, no, it was the opposite. And my actual personal takeaway and and from my experience and expertise is that for a child who's experienced trauma, there's a lot of confusion. Something bad happened, I couldn't control it, I didn't see it coming. And if you are in a program and if your family's working on a process where it's very clear what the expectations are and it's very clear that things aren't done this way, this is what will happen in a loving supportive thing would be so calming and relaxing to them right if you maybe if the trauma was like this is a kid was adopted and they were in an abusive household where you know some days they could do whatever they wanted and other days they were slapped for you know dropping a cup then being in a home where they're given very clear direction and rules and very clear consequences would be the most amazing thing in the world to like know what to expect from your caregivers right so This is the thing. You could use timeout wrong. You could be using it constantly all day. Your kid's like locked in their bedroom screaming. Of course, that's not the way to do it. But if you're using it properly, then it's an incredibly effective tool. I think the most important thing here is that it's a tool you have among many other things, right? Um, So it's not like everything your kid does, you just automatically give them a timeout, but it is an option. And I think remember too, what What I think people get so like worked up about with this is like oh like our kids are going to be traumatized if they're like by themselves and like we're not there helping them. The point of timeout for me as a parent and I think for the majority of parents who are doing this is it's to bore you. You did not behave properly so now you need to sit calmly and be bored. Being bored is not traumatic guys. It's not traumatic to be bored. When you go to the um you know the grocery store and there's a really long line because you should have gone you know let's you know, like you know when you go to the grocery store on like a sunday and it's slammed with people well you could have gone on thursday but you were like sitting on the couch and you were like "eh, i don't really want to go today i'm having fun just like watching tv or something i'm not gonna i'll just go on sunday Then you go on sunday and the line's really long and it's taking forever well that is a natural consequence of you not going when you had the chance before now you have to go and you have to wait in this really long line and you're bored are you traumatized no it's kind of your fault and like that's just life right and that's life right so being bored is not being traumatic so the alternative that you will often hear from some of these like big accounts is like do a time in because you need to connect with your child when they're struggling this is a bid for attention and they need your support to work through their big feelings so here's a great time to remind us all that our kids need us consistently they don't need us constantly Being with your child constantly, 24-7, is not giving them any space for independence, to learn to regulate their own emotions, to give them autonomy, to experience cause and effect and consequences, which is going to build their resiliency and their ability to function in the real world. Guess what? If you show up an hour and a half late for work every day when you're 22 at your first job, your manager is not going to say, you seem to be having a hard time getting to work. I'm going to help you by coming to your house every morning and walking you in so that you can understand we support you and love you in learning how to come to work on time. Like, sorry, that's not how it works, okay? So I, I know that's kind of like an extreme example, but like, let's try to extrapolate that a little bit. So the other thing, there, are, there's two things that I don't love about time in as a blanket thing, like as an, as we you know we're going to do this instead of time out is that it, in some ways, time in is rewarding the bad behavior. You just said that, you know, when, the, when you when somebody's saying like, you know, you're, this is a bid for attention. Okay, so maybe instead, if that's really what's going on, if your child's bad behavior is a bid for attention and your reaction is to stop what you were doing, stop playing with the other kids, stop cooking dinner, and go sit with them in a room for 20 minutes while they scream, you just rewarded their bad behavior you just told them if you're not getting enough attention if you're not getting what you want slap your sister across the face and then I will carry you to your room and rub your back and tell you how much I love you for 20 minutes Uh, that's not probably the message we want to send right the other thing is you have to think about your child and what they need and their personality because not everyone when they're feeling out of sorts and having a hard time wants you up in their grill Like, they don't want, they need, they need space. They need to be alone. And you're actually going to agitate them more if you're, like, forcing yourself on them. And, okay, I'm almost hesitant to say this because I don't want to throw my mom under the bus because she was the most amazing mom ever. But she was the type that, you know, if she was mad, and this is when I was, like, in fifth grade or something. I was a little older. If, you know, there was a disagreement between us about something and I would just be like, I don't want to talk about this now. I need space. Like, I would ask for space. I would not like i um, I'm not going to, like, answer you. But, like, if there was something that would, wasn't going to be easily resolved in that minute, I would say, like, can we talk about this later? I don't want to talk about it right now. I need space because I also knew that if I got baited into like arguing about something that I would say like you're such a meat. I would get in trouble for like saying the wrong thing and she wouldn't let me do it she would like chase me up the stairs and be like we're gonna figure this we're talking about this and then I would explode and say something that would get me in trouble and I would be so frustrated because I was like I was trying to take a break I needed to like calm myself down and you literally wouldn't let me sorry mom you're probably listening to this being like what the fuck I love you you're a great mom. Um, And we all, you know, I do things that my kids are going to talk about one day too, because that's just life. We all are, we're all trying our best with the, uh, with the tools we have at the time. So it's no hate, no shade. Um, so those are two like really important things to think about. Like your kid might not be the kid that would benefit from you sitting with them for 20 minutes after they've had a meltdown. So let's talk about, um, what I do. Doesn't mean you have to do it, but I'm going to tell you what I do as a parent i have and i'm not perfect about it because i make mistakes too and this is something i only started doing in the last couple of months since i did my um my coursework this summer and i started thinking about this stuff more and like what would make sense for my family and how some of the tools i was using were ineffective so if you are like me you may have gotten into a trap in the past where you are you of empty threats now as you can imagine with sleep this is not an issue for me um but there you know i think in some ways parenting in general like behavior correction and parenting is a lot harder than something like sleep or your child's diet or even potty training because it's kind of everything everywhere all the time like at any moment they could say something bad at any moment they could be having a hard time whatever versus like we have a plan for like when we're going to bed and how we're going to respond if there's pushback like and maybe that's just because I'm good at those other things, but to me that's always been the case. Is that parenting feels like much bigger, right? It's just like a constant thing. So, it's really easy to get into the trap, especially if it's been a busy day, you have multiple kids who are all kind of running around doing stuff to resort in unintentionally to empty threats. If you guys don't stop it, everyone's going to bed. It's like, okay, if they know you're not serious. It's 4:30 in the afternoon. You're clearly not going to send all your kids to bed at 4:30 in the afternoon. So, what I have started doing is a three-step process. Now, my default in my three-step process is not timeout. My default is a logical consequence. So a logical consequence would be something like, and I will use the example because I, this actually happened yesterday. My oldest has this whistle that came with a costume. He was blowing it in the house. It's incredibly loud and annoying and is not something that should be used inside our house. So he was blowing it and I was in the room next time and I popped in and I said, Teddy, that is not an inside toy. You can wear it if you want while you guys are playing, but you cannot blow the whistle. Okay, please stop. Gave him a couple minutes. I continued to hear the whistle sound. So that might, that was part one was me calmly just saying, please don't do this. And, I, you know, a very brief explanation. You don't need to go into like the, the decibels of da-da-da-da-da, and I'm fried after a long day at work, and I'm sick. I just, we're not going to do that. It's not an inside toy. And, this, you know, he knew this. Kept doing it. So step two in the three step is I came back and I shared how I was feeling and then told him what would happen if he did not follow the rule. So I said, Teddy, I asked you to stop blowing a whistle and now I'm starting to get really frustrated because I know you heard me. If you continue to blow the whistle inside, I'm going to take it away for the rest of the night. Okay, I leave. He ignores me. He continues to blow the whistle. And I, I wait a few minutes in between this, right? Like I think that's another mistake as parents. I know I, I've struggled with this is like repeating things too quickly right like put on your shoes and then 30 seconds later it's like why aren't your shoes on right so giving him space to actually like process make a decision whistle keeps going so I came downstairs and said I told you that if you didn't stop I was going to have to take it away for the night please hand it to me I'm taking it away and of course then he starts crying and I said Teddy I gave you a chance and you didn't listen and I took it away and he got it back this morning so that's a three-step process now there are situations right and that would to me that's a logical consequence right if you can't use this product properly And follow the rule it gets taken away for a short period however there are situations where a there isn't an obvious logical consequence like the kids are just running around playing and one keeps hitting the other one like you can't be like if you don't stop hitting you can't run you know like sometimes it doesn't sometimes there isn't really an obvious like logical or frankly and i think this is totally fine you are fried you are nursing a baby. You just got home from a really stressful day at work. You know, it's whatever the situation is, it's like you're not in a place to like process and come up in the moment with like a good logical consequence. And sometimes I do think timeout is important for a parent because if you are at a place where you're feeling dysregulated, then you like trying not to use timeout and ending up exploding and screaming at your kid or like doing something crazy like no dessert for the whole month and it's not helpful right so what I would have done in that same scenario if Teddy had been so actually you know I'll give another example because he was saying some he was I can't remember what the words were but a, a few nights ago he was saying something that was like inappropriate like you know just being talking to me disrespectfully and it was the same thing. And I said, if you know, if you can't, if you can't stop saying this stuff and rolling your eyes and whatever, then we're going to have a five-minute timeout, okay? And he continued to do it. So he got a five-minute timeout. So when that happens, if it is something like in my situation with Teddy where, like, he wasn't really dysregulated. He was just being disrespectful. Then we do the five-minute timeout. And then I go over to him and I say, do you understand why you're in timeout? Because I think that's really important too. And I think especially if you're talking to a younger kid, if you're doing timeout with like a three-year-old, I really genuinely do sometimes think there have been times when I've used timeout for Baker and I can tell he he knows he's in trouble but he doesn't really know why. And I will go over and say to him, buddy, do you know why you're in timeout when it's over, you know, when the time is over? And he'll say, um, no, da you know, whatever. It's <laughs> a cute little voice. And I'll say, because buddy, when you say, you know, XYZ to Delaney, that is not kind, Okay that makes people feel sad or whatever the thing is like I actually explain why they're there because I really do think sometimes younger kids struggle with it I digress I talk to whatever the kid is I ask if they know they're in timeout and say next time let's try to do you know whatever the thing is and I give them a big hug and we rejoin the activity okay now if there's a case where one of my kids and it's it's usually my oldest where there's he clearly is just out of sorts and is like you know, the time, he's upset about the timeout and he's crying and all of that. I will say, do you want to have timeout by yourself or do you want me to stay with you? Because I do think there are cases where the time in works. And there have been times where I can tell by the way he's behaving, that he's overstimulated, overwhelmed, probably had a long, you know, his new school starting, whatever, and he does want that. And I will say, do you want to sit on my lap while we do timeout? And he will, you know, even if he's been really bad, like that's what he, he did need like a hug and some support And that is absolutely fine. I don't see timeout to me. It's not an isolation thing. It's not a banishment. It's a break. It's a break and it's boring. And if sometimes you can tell what your kid needs is a little moment of TLC, then you give it to them. That is great. So what I do in our house for all of those reasons is our timeout happens in the same room that the activity and the behavior is happening in. And this is where the sleep piece comes in. So there's two reasons for this. One is that we want our kids' bedrooms to be happy places, okay? So in order for your kid to be excited to go to bed, excited to do the bedtime routine, or at the very least not have a problem with it, they need to associate their room with happy things. So for Teddy's room, he, and now he's six, and poor, poor Teddy's, like, <laughs> like sharing his whole life. But he has, it's really sweet, and he reminds me a lot of my husband in this way, because my husband has, like, his, like, special things, and, like, he, you know, he has, like, a little row of things in his office, and it's just, it's funny. I can, like, see their kind of similarities and their personalities here. But, you know, he has, like, his trophies he got for T-ball, and he has this, like, thing he made at school, and he has um, this, all these like, he has a watch of mine that he loves that he, like, has on display. He has a little safe in his room where he keeps his allowance and it's just very it's so much his happy place like sometimes after I put him to bed he'll turn the lamp back on for a few minutes and like tinker around and like set up and arrange all the stuff in his on his desk and then he'll get back into bed and turn off the light which is adorable um and I want it it to maintain that feeling for him right it's very important to me that like his room is a happy place where he has positive associations so instead and I also think it does tie to this whole banishment thing. Like I, when my kids are misbehaving, I want them to correct it for next time. I don't want them to be like, see, and you're terrible. Go in there. So we keep it in the room. And guess what? Nothing is more boring and annoying to a kid than sitting in the room and watching everyone else have fun for five minutes and realizing like I could be having fun right now, but I chose to hit my sister or I chose to rip that book or whatever they've done and now I'm paying the consequence. And that is okay, guys. There are consequences in life. Telling your kid, because I just saw something from one of these like big accounts um, came through my email that was like, why I don't do consequences. And to me, it's like, why our generation is fucked. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding I'm being a little dramatic but like that's ridiculous life is full of consequences you know and I, I think there's such a big difference between a punishment and a consequence the consequence for let here's let's an example I'm really sick today okay if you can't tell I last night I should have gone to bed early but I was reading something interesting I was reading I got this new parenting book I was reading I know that's so lame like why am I telling you guys that But I was reading it um, and I was just kind of into it. And I was like on my phone and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a glass of wine. Why did I have a glass of freaking wine when I'm sick? And guess what? I feel even worse today because I didn't go to bed at nine o'clock with a huge cup of water. I stayed awake in front of a screen with my book open and had a glass of wine at 11 p.m. Okay, so the consequence is I am am exhausted AF today and I'm gonna have to power through a lot of work not feeling great. Okay, so. Not showing your kids consequences for their behavior is doing them absolutely no favors. Um, So that's how I handle timeout In my family, it doesn't mean that you need to do it the exact same way as me. I just wanted to provide another perspective from what you often hear, along with the research and the data that very clearly supports that whatever choice you make is great you don't have to you might decide time in is for you you might decide i you know what i don't really care if it works for your family that's awesome but as you guys know i'm a big fan of just like let's let's give people facts and remove all of the emotion from it so i'm not ever going to have a million followers on instagram because i'm never going to put up a reel that says something like why time out could be harming your child so that i can get a million people to look at it because it's bs and that's not the game here okay I love you guys. I hope that was helpful and inspires you to think through effective ways to help your kids regulate their emotions and grow into productive, happy, healthy members of society just like you. Um, Okay. So until next week, I'll see you guys later. And we have a great, exciting guest next week. I can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation. Bye. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to BrittanySheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.